0: Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is a Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is the Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. I love the natural world, but I've long joked that I'm more outsidey than I am outdoorsy. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, as I do here in Seattle, it is practically a requirement that you do something outdoors. You can't find people to date who don't like skiing or hiking or mountain climbing or camping or really all of that combined. But I'm all for saying yes to opportunities and trying something new, and I hadn't been camping since I was in college. So when my partner Derek had friends cancel on him for the camping weekend they had planned, I agreed to go instead. I mostly did it to delight him, but I also did it to challenge myself. I tried to stay open-minded and optimistic to see if hiking long distances and staying out in the woods overnight would actually be something I would like to do as an adult. I don't actually own any camping equipment or hiking equipment, but Derek had most of the things that we needed, and I went to REI, which is an outdoor store, and I rented a sleeping bag, a backpack, and trekking poles. The poles were a last-minute addition, and in a hint of foreshadowing, I will say, thank God for those poles. It's been hot in Washington State this August. And way out in the Olympic National Park, it was still hot. We started off really well. Derek and I are really used to taking long, long walks together. I'm not used to carrying anything on my back, but we managed about seven and a half miles on the first day, arriving at our campsite right around supper time. The end of the climb to the campsite had been all uphill switchbacks, so by the time we got there, We were pretty tired. We made some food and pitched a tent. We covered ourselves in bug spray and we sat and ate together. If you're a scuba diver, or even if you've gone snorkeling, you might remember that the sound of the ocean under the water isn't silence. It crackles. That's the sound of shrimp. The sound of the Olympic National Park is buzzing. Flies, mosquitoes, bigger flies, biting flies. The biting flies really liked me. What surprised me, though, was it wasn't birds. I thought I was going to hear a lot of birds out in undisturbed wild forest. But when we woke up the next morning, there wasn't a dawn chorus of any kind. In fact, we hardly heard any birds the whole time we were out there. There were moments in the day when the buzzing would die down, and then it was just silence. Where we bedded down was just quiet. There also weren't any planes passing over, or even passing within hearing distance, which is a rare luxury in this modern world. I remember encountering a frog seven and a half miles into the forest. He was sitting beside a very slight stream, a marshland deep inside the woods, and I thought, Well, look at you, living all the way out here. Your perception of the state of the modern world is so different. The next morning, we packed up and got moving around 9 a.m. We knew that this day would be the harder one of the two. We just had no idea how hard. Everything was uphill. At least, that's how it felt. We were on the Seven Lakes Loop, about 22 miles in total, a gain of elevation starting at 1,800 feet or so and climbing all the way to 5,476 feet. When we finally got to the ridge line, we were above the trees. We could see mountains and glaciers on one side and valleys dotted with lakes on the other. But even at the ridge, We would climb up, and then down, and then up again. There were very few places that were flat, so it was really hard. But it was also beautiful. We walked along cliffs with great sun exposure, and there were wild flowers all over the alpine meadow. Bright pink and yellow and purple and red. One of the lakes down below looked like a giant heart. Of course, this is the wild, too. And very early in the morning, we started getting reports of bears. The first woman we saw, in fact, was ringing a bell as she walked. She was sweaty and unnerved, and she asked which way we were going. We pointed the direction she'd come from. "'I saw five bears that way this morning,' she said. "'In the distance?' we asked. "'Oh, no,' she said. "'Right by the trail.' Of course, I learned in that moment, being the novice hiker that I was, that there was not any turning back when it comes to the journey. There is only going on, bears or not. After seeing the woman, we climbed and climbed up the mountain through an alpine meadow, and there was the most beautiful stream dotted with bright yellow wildflowers. It sounded like the quintessential babbling brook. We filled up our water bottles, and of course, I taped the sound of it. Take a listen. The reports of bears kept coming. Every one we passed, we asked about bears. Two separate men had had black bears come into their campsites overnight. One of them sniffing deeply at his tent. I didn't sleep all night, he said. I was afraid to close my eyes. But then he laughed and he said it was probably foolish. The bears were more interested in the huckleberries. That was another thing that we heard over and over. Yeah, I saw a bear, but it seemed more interested in the huckleberries. I'm an animal lover, and I appreciate bears, and especially bears that love huckleberries. But I was just fine with not seeing a bear while I was out in the deep forest. In fact, I really hoped that we wouldn't see a bear during our hike. We were not so lucky. It started with shouts from the trail below. We were descending a switchback, trees and brush, some open meadow, and we heard what sounded like, Ho bear! Ho bear! Which I've been told is something people yell at bears when they encounter them. Derek yelled down to the people. We're on the trail above you. Can you see a bear? Yes, they called back. It's heading up the trail your way. I immediately cut off of the trail and into the bushes. (laughs) And we descended the hillside. We cut through the brush, scraping up our legs. We passed a huge paddy of bear poop, just full of huckleberry seeds. Eventually, we joined up with the other hikers and watched as the black bear ascended the hill toward where we were just standing. I hadn't wanted to see a bear, but in all honesty, this was incredible. It was incredible to see one, this huge, amazing creature, alive in the wild, just a bit away from us. And yes, the reports were also true. It was more interested in the huckleberries than it was interested in us. Still, We had narrowly missed just bumping into a bear as we went around a blind corner, so that made the rest of our walk a little jumpier than it might have been. Especially when we heard this sound. I didn't record that sound, but that is what we heard. That sound. And we thought, that might be another bear. Until we spotted what it actually was. How relieved we were to discover what it actually was. A bird. A bird with a flared tail and two bright gold discs on its neck. A sooty grouse, it turns out. We didn't encounter any other wild animals on the walk. No bears, no mountain lions, which... Of course, would have spotted us long before we ever spotted it. But it had been a long, hot, rugged day of hiking that had already pushed us to our physical limits. We were both absolutely exhausted. And we came to the last lake of the trail, the last of the seven lake loop. And beside that lake sat two day hikers having a snack. How far would you say it is to the trailhead? We asked them, hoping that the answer would be maybe a mile or two. It's at least four miles, they said. And it's pretty rocky. The fact that they added pretty to rocky made it quite the understatement. The rest of the trail was all downhill, which is hard on the legs and knees already, without facing a trail that is full of ankle breaking round and jagged stones. Later on, Derek would describe the hike this way to a friend on a group text. It was grueling, brutal, much harder trip than I expected. We both agreed on the trail that it was too much, not just for a beginner like me, but for an experienced hiker like him. And we agreed on this before we had at least four miles left to go. But we did have a glimmer of hope. Just for a moment, after we'd traveled for a time, we stopped to eat the last of our snack food. And as we rested along the trail, a mother and her daughter passed us. It's not long now, the mother said, just 15 more minutes. Everything hurt. My hips, my knees, and especially my feet from all the rolling, uneven terrain— Expressing how much pain I was in always falls a little flat, so I'm going to leave it there. I'm sure if you've ever run a marathon or given birth, you understand how pain is sometimes both endurable and indescribable. And that 15 minutes, that 15 minutes left to go, sounded amazing. We're going that way, Derek said, pointing down the hill. Oh, the woman said, looking a little embarrassed you've got quite a ways to go then. We must have looked quite bad (laughs) because they offered us food and water, but we assured them that we're just fine. We're just tired. We're just ready to be done. And they went on their way. After that, though, something happened inside of me and maybe inside of Derek, too. There was nothing we could do but keep going. And if we wanted it to end faster... The only solution was to move faster. So when I got to my feet, I told him, I'm going to go as fast as possible. And you tell me if it's too much. And that's what we did. We darted over those jagged pebbles, down those steep stones. I was practically using my trekking poles like crutches to propel my body forward. I would sometimes let out huge, frustrated bursts of air and groans. Even a few angry declarations like, Where the heck is the parking lot? But we finally made it. It took so, so long. But eventually, there it was. The end. We passed by fresh-faced families heading into the woods on a well-groomed path to see a waterfall that we didn't even bother to pause to look at. We kept moving fast. We kept moving fast until we saw our car. And then we collapsed into it, pulled off our shoes, threw off our bags. We still had at least three hours until we would be home. There was a lot of driving, and we even had to catch a ferry boat. But we made it. We made it. Driving out of the park, we were one of the last cars to leave. And we saw one more extraordinary thing. Another black bear. He loped across the road and paused to watch us drive by before running into the forest. Three days later, my legs were fully recovered. But all week long, I felt Different. I suppose it was the smug sense of pride that comes with accomplishing something incredibly hard and beautiful and something new. I might be convinced to try it again someday. But I'm not sure that I'll ever be outdoorsy. But I might become something a little more rugged than outsidey. And until next time. This is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. You could sponsor this show and reach educated, curious, and compassionate listeners all over the world. Our listeners are a remarkable, diverse, and engaged group of people that I am so continually impressed by. Visit thebittersweetlife.net and click support to get the conversation started.